Hi, this is Steve Nellick from Cheap Astronomy. www.cheapastro.com And this is the Dreamtime Meteor Crater. The following is an interview between myself and Mr. Dwayne Harmaker, who originates from Missouri, but is currently undertaking a PhD at Macquarie University in Sydney, Australia. So, Dwayne, I understand you've discovered a meteor crater on Google Earth. I have. I imagine that's a fairly elite club. Do you know how many other people might have achieved that? I know in Australia there are two. The first guy um, discovered it in 2007. Well, his name was Hickman, so then the crater's named Hickman Crater. That was in WA. And last year there was a retired geologist who discovered a, an impact crater outside White Cliffs, New South Wales. So I'm not sure about the rest of the world, but I know in Australia I'm actually third in line. So, Congratulations. That's, that's quite exciting. And I understand there's a, a particular story behind your find that involves an Indigenous Australian Dreamtime story. Can you tell us about that? Yes. For the last year I've been looking at Aboriginal accounts or descriptions of, of comets, meteors, and cosmic impacts in the literature. And I found several that described... Um, stars falling out of the sky and crashing to the earth, in some cases causing death and destruction. And in several of the uh, stories, it seemed to indicate that these were actually witnessed. They, they closely paralleled the scientific explanation. So I decided to look at these areas on Google Maps. In some of the stories, they gave a specific location, or at least we knew the, the particular Aboriginal community that the, the story came from. So there was one particular story, a Western Aranger story, from uh, the Central Desert that talked about a fiery star that fell out of the sky and crashed into a waterhole called Puka, making a noise like thunder. And um, a small boy who had just been initiated went over and looked into the, the hole and the rainbow serpent ate him. And mm-hmm. the, the rest of the community were they were very upset. They burned all the food that they had collected for his ceremony and, and moved camp. So the, the story seemed to describe a cosmic impact. I was, of course, not sure if it, it really was or not. So when I got on Google Maps, I, I had a look at the area of Palm Valley, which is actually relatively small. It's, the valley itself, where the palms are, is only maybe a couple of kilometers long. It kind of does a big loop. And right in the center of that, I saw a large bowl-shaped structure that looked just like an impact crater. So I contacted a, a lecturer here in the Department of Earth and Planetary Science, um, by the name of Craig O'Neill, and he said that it uh, looked very interesting and that we should go check it out. And the people you mentioned, the Arenti people, is that right? Yes. They're... There are a few different spelling variations, Arenta, Arunta, Arunda. Uh-huh. And that location is west of Alice Springs? Yes, southwest. It's about. It's in the Fing Gorge National Park. It's about 13 kilometers south of the town of Hermansburg, or uh-huh. Antaria is pronounced in that uh, region. It's, it's accessible easily, but, well, I shouldn't say easily. It's accessible, but you've got to have a, a pretty good four-wheel drive to get through it. The, the road that leads to Palm Valley is actually a riverbed. Mm-hmm. So without a good four-wheel drive, you're going to have a hard time getting there, but it is accessible. Okay. The first evidence of Indigenous Australians in Australia is something like 40,000 years ago. So how do you explain what what's come about here. Presumably the meteor impact is measured in millions of years ago, so presumably the, the Arente people didn't actually see this impact. So how, how do you think they developed this knowledge of it? 
you're right. We do believe that the crater is, is millions of years old based on the level of erosion and the lack of meteorite fragments. Um, we, we determined from the, the geophysics data and the rock samples that it's, a, it's an impact crater, but there's no meteorite evidence there, which means it's very old. Now, this very well could be a, a case of pure coincidence. In fact, it may be just a case of sheer dumb luck that there happens to be a crater there. There's no hard evidence at the moment that the crater and the story have any direct relationship to each other other than their location. However, I haven't ruled out the idea that the errands were able to deduce or determine that this structure was caused from a cosmic impact. And there are a few different lines of evidence for that. Number one is Goss's Bluff, or Narala in Western Aranta language. Um, that's nearby, and that's a, a common impact crater. It's a, a ring-shaped mountain range that's the central uplift of a, a much larger complex impact crater. That's about 20 kilometers in diameter. The particular mountain range is only about, about 5 kilometers in diameter and about 150 meters high. The Aranta story about the formation of Norala is that there were women dancing in stars in the Milky Way, and one of them was carrying a baby, and she got tired of carrying the baby, put it in a turn, a wooden basket, and set it down on, on the ground, well, in the Milky Way. And the baby slipped off and fell to earth, and when it hit the ground, the turn fell on top of it, and the force of that drove the rocks upward. So. The idea that this mountain range was formed by something falling out of the sky and driving the rocks upward was a very astute scientific observation by the Aaron. That's exactly what happened. So given that, and of course that, that crater is 142 million years old, so nobody would have seen that happen either. Just about 70 kilometers southeast of Palm Valley is the Henbury Crater Field. Now, the Henbury Crater Field is about 13 craters that were formed just over 4,000 years ago very possible and very probable that the Aboriginal people would have seen that. When I was in uh, Palm Valley at the crater rim on top looking down inside of, I was struck by how similar the inside of that crater looked to the Henberg craters. And the inside looked just like it. Very, very similar. The one book I found the story in also talked about how there were regular um, routes between Henbury and Palm Valley and how those people had gone back and forth between those two areas. So all that put together is not solid evidence at all, but it's sort of circumstantial evidence that perhaps they were able to deduce that this big bowl-shaped circular structure was formed in the same way as the Henbury and Goss's Bluff craters. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Goss's Bluff crater is unmistakable as a, a meteor crater, I would think. And as you say, the, the Henbury meteorites certainly could have been observed by humans, and being only 4,000 years ago, you could imagine that story has been passed down through generations. Right, so it remains speculation. Sure, but there's a chain of logic there that doesn't require any particular mysticism to to explain the story. Right. And also, if you look at Wolf Creek Crater in WA, uh, the Jaru story of that, there are a a few different stories, but a lot of them discuss um, how the crater was formed from the rainbow serpent falling as a star into the earth. So there was a sort of direct connection there as well that they had the story that talked about a star falling out of the sky and striking the earth up in uh, WA as well. Mm-hmm. It's not an isolated incident in, in Central Australia. Okay. So, Dwayne, can I ask you about your PhD? Was it always the the main focus of your research to find a meteor crater, or are you looking at other issues? 
Well, the PhD itself is on the topic of Aboriginal astronomy, so trying to understand how Aboriginal people incorporated the night sky into their culture, both in the past and the present. So there's sort of an archaeological approach to it and an ethnographic approach to it. Um, as far as finding the impact crater, I've got a weird obsession with, with Google Earth and Google Maps. I just love spending time when they're looking around. And, of course, I've always had an interest in, in meteorites and meteoritics. And when people started finding them, like I said, Hickman and the other gentleman found the one in New South Wales, I thought, you know, this would be great if we could find one. But everything on Google Maps is circular. It looks like an impact crater. You better know what you're looking for. Um, and I'm a geologist, I'm an astronomer, so even though I'd find things that looked interesting, I had to get somebody else to confirm it. And it only takes, you know, two or three times to go into somebody and saying, is this an impact crater? Is this an impact crater? Is this an impact crater? <laughs> and then just get sick of it and say, you know, go away. So I wanted to make sure that I had the best candidates to show Dr. O'Neill when I, when I brought him to him. So, and then the puka was a, was a pretty good one. It was distinctly bowl-shaped and didn't look like anything else in the region, and that area is not volcanically active. And I understand your plan is to name the crater Puka rather than after yourself? Yeah, I'm not that arrogant. figure since we found it based on that story, it would be appropriate to give it the name of the water hole where the star fell. So, yeah, we're going to call it Puka. Okay, very good. All right, look, thanks, Dwayne. It's been a great pleasure. I appreciate your time. Likewise. No worries. Thanks for listening. This is Steve Nerlick from Cheap Astronomy, www.cheapastro.com. Cheap Astronomy offers an educational website where most of our story ideas just fall out of the sky. No ads, no profit, just good science. Bye.